Oh yeah. It's time. Time for the breakdown you need. It's time for Ed and Sean. It's part one of Geekstas. And welcome to episode 250, part one of Geeksters. I'm your host, Ed. I am your host, Sean. 250. 250. Wow. Made it to two fifty. Two fifty. I I pay out of two fifty. <laughs> you got change for that two fifty. <laughs> How whopping two hundred and fifty episodes. Yes. Ago. I completely forgot. <laughs> How does it feel? Two hundred and fifty episodes. <laughs> it feels like two hundred and fifty episodes. Ouch. <sighs> <laughs> Seems like yesterday, Ed. You and I were sitting here. Way back when, just kind of going, what do you want to talk about? I don't know. Let's talk about Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> and thus a movement was born. Born, right? <laughs> <laughs> and he keeps making those movements every week. <laughs> if you listen carefully, you can hear them all. Just be thankful the show's not <laughs> not provided by smell vision That's right. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> our our, our was going to be a lot of unlike. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> So true. So true. <laughs> Look at it this way. It's part of the drinking game now. Every time, every time you hear Sean, Ed complain about the smell, take a drink. Every, if you can hear it, finish your drink. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to just grab the mic and put it in my butt. You know? <laughs> my goodness. But I mean, if, if, if I'm like here in the mic and you can hear the, you know, the rumble of the bum, the rumble of the bum. <laughs> the rumble of the bumble. That's right. Then. And then finish your drink. That's all I'm saying. All right, well, welcome to the show. Yes. Um, this is the show that Ed and I do every Sunday nights on uh, starting around 7.30 p.m. Eastern Center Time on AquanetRadio.com, iTunes Radio, and tune in. Saturday nights? Sunday nights. Sorry, Saturday nights. <laughs> See, 250 and I'm all delusional. <laughs> Sunday nights at 7.30. Not Saturday nights at 7.30. Sunday nights. <sighs> hey, while you're at it, go to our Facebook page, Geeksters, and give us a like. Follow us on Twitter, at Geeksters. All right, and as always, the lovely Stacy joins us on the show for the, for the show. Yes. Now I'm really off for some reason. It's <laughs> all the carbon monoxide in my butt. <laughs> Just, I'm just around clapping. It's making me all woozy. <laughs> it's making me all woozy. It's making me all sleepy and woozy. I'm like, I don't understand what's the problem. <laughs> oh... <laughs> Anyway, uh, here in part one, we catch up on everyone's week. Yes, we find out what's hitting the what's hitting the number one spot in the box office. Yeah, Stacy and I give our review of the number three movie, number four movie, number four movie. Sorry, number four movie, and we also find out what's hitting the Blu-rays and video game sections on your walls. There you go, new release walls. Yeah. Um, that's we also, much it. we oh. also talk about uh, a movie oh, we saw on Thursday. That's right. That's right. Go, go, Power Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> you hear what we have to say about that. Or more, more Stacy because it's, it's a product of her childhood. Yes. So uh, we get to hear if it ruined her childhood or enhanced it or had no impact whatsoever. All right. When you, you want to know, just listen. That's right. So we'll uh, sit back and relax and we'll, we'll you hear from us at the end. And welcome to Geeksters. I'm your host, Ed. I am your host, Sean, and always is the lovely Stacy. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the show, everybody. How was everybody's week? Oh, it was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, 
How was yours? Uh, you know, it was uh, average, I guess, for me. You know, nothing too exciting. Uh, uh, I did see a documentary over the weekend that uh, I thought was interesting. Um, it was called uh, Being Evil. It was about the uh, evil can evil. Seventy uh, yeah. stunt man or seventies uh, man who used to jump over buses. Hey, he would he would be a stunt man, sure. Yeah. So uh, the man who broke every bone in his body like twice. <laughs> yes. So uh, you know, it's, it's funny because then you start to think like, is, are they still alive? You know, like they like. Still alive. No, he's gone. He's gone. He's passed away. Uh, when did he go? In two thousand seven. Oh, all right. So, uh, but the amazing part is what he died of. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't the boredom. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I got nothing else to jump. <laughs> he actually died of lung cancer, oh. uh, lung disease, as they put it. Uh, so it was uh, it was interesting, though. I mean, the, to see his life, uh, how he started, he's kind of like a troublemaker, and you know, a, a young kid running around in, in Butte, Montana, on his motorcycle doing wheelies, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. To one day going to uh, California and 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 doing jumps, and then uh, calling people because he was going to jump over a fountain in Vegas. Right, right. You know, hey, everybody goes, I'm going to jump over a fountain. Well, he, he was he was saying like he was making up voices of like different people like in ABC or did Keep you? Going. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> All right, another fart in this show. Great. Okay. Anyway, um... wouldn't be Sunday. <laughs> this is every day. <laughs> <laughs> every day is in Y. Don't take that from me. <laughs> it's an old one. So, <laughs> so anyway, right. yes. Yeah, so evil can evil. Uh, you know, but it was it was just there were certain aspects of him. Like you remember the toy, you know, used to have the motorcycle. I used to have it. Yeah, he'd wind up and it would go. That was the that was the the, the ideal made that toy, and they were talking about that. And that, I think I have it somewhere in the basement somewhere. It made him a millionaire, basically, of all the royalties. Like, that toy, like, yes, because yeah. the toy used to slide in, lock it in place, and it had this handle. It was for left-handers too, I think. Mm-hmm. And it was go. And then when it hit a certain spot, he just shot out. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, go, like, five feet and then hit a wall. <laughs> kind of like evil. <laughs> uh, but he broke, yeah, he broke pretty much every bone in his body, and it was uh, it, it was pretty gruesome at points. But uh, he jumped, apparently jumped over a canyon in, in Idaho because he wanted to jump over a Grand Canyon. Oh, okay. And, uh, he had a rocket car that he... I remember the rocket car. They built for him, and... They first when they showed off like to the press and they they they, they admitted now that it, they underpowered it because it would crash land to show like how oh, dangerous yeah. this could be and then they they had three of them so they did a second one but they went they didn't want the press around for it uh-huh. and did the same exact thing you know like they they were like uh oh you know and <laughs> so the whole time he's like he's like I'm gonna do it like he's like he kept saying I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it. And then finally he did. He, he he actually did, but he didn't make it across. He he landed in the in the water, but he survived. And it was just funny because they, they at first then you see the footage, they have video footage, live footage of figure out what went wrong. Apparently the, the equipment went wrong. It was a malfunction in the equipment. That's why he didn't make the, the jump. Yeah, because it was the seventies. But one of the promoters <laughs> was had to make a statement to the press and he said that he let go of the there's a a special bar that if he passed out and let go of it, a parachute would deploy and safely right. land. So that's what happened when it first launched. It launched and shot the parachute out right away. If they think he let go right away, that's what the uh, promoter said. And because of course that was not true. It was a fault in the in the equipment that uh, happened. Okay. So, but it was interesting because that became a controversy in the seventies. You know, kind of thing. right. I remember when it was, he was supposed to jump over the Grand Canyon, and then when the time came, it was you're like, how is he going to jump the Grand Canyon? And he showed the rocket car and all that stuff. And it was supposed to be the small end of the canyon, which was like. Like towards the end, where it was a lot closer. <laughs> yeah. And then I just remember, I, 
don't remember if he tried it or was it the Idaho stuff that that did it. No, he he couldn't. He, they wouldn't let him. They wouldn't let him jump the Grand uh, okay, Canyon. Right, and right, the right. Secretary okay. of Interior wouldn't let him do it. Like, you know, like no, evil. That's where we draw the line. You can jump over tw- twenty buses. We don't care. It's in a stadium. <laughs> no, but as soon as you try jumping a national landmark, we're done. We're, we're out. <laughs> jump a jump jump a small canyon, not a Grand Canyon. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what he did. It was Snake Canyon and Idaho that he jumped. Idaho. Sorry. I- <laughs> The five-year-old in me has to say it. <laughs> uh, but uh, he was a womanizer, apparently. Like, you know, well, of course. I mean, I think he was married with 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 kids, you know. But he was since the popularity. I, I think when you when you are a daredevil, I think the the um, womanizer, I think, kind of go hand in hand because mm-hmm. he can always do the old. You know, tomorrow I'm jumping a fountain. Might be my last day. <laughs> How about you know you send me off with like a? How would you like to be the last person to bang? Evil Knievel. Like, <laughs> no, no, bring your friend. <laughs> It'll make a good story. <laughs> Let me jump your canyon. <laughs> Got my rocket car right here. <laughs> no parachute here. <laughs> oh, I broke a hip. <laughs> it's just like all my stunts. <laughs> so I, I, I can see that definitely. So uh, yeah, but like in the '90s when they had the X Games and all those like you know sp- popular sports, all like extreme sports were coming out, <laughs> they actually made him like the the elder statesman of those sports, and he would come on and you know kind of talk to people about like you know like doing this kind of stuff and all. But it was just interesting to to, to, to Did they talk about his son at all. Yeah, well, actually, both his sons were in the uh, part as part of the uh, the t- discussion. Oh, okay, because it was made in 2015. Like I said, he passed gotcha. in 07. So his whole family actually was talking about it and then a lot of the promoters people that were with him and then of course like johnny knoxville was there and tony hawk because they were the extreme you know extreme uh, riders extreme and they you know and that's the thing they remember when they were kids about evil knievel so when they had their time it's they they they, uh like a lot of the a lot of the sports athletes towards the end were talking about it and they go yeah we dedicated a lot of things to evil knievel because his his started our imaginations yeah. on what we do. So that was yeah. kind of like the whole uh, idea. I never can remember how many times I've had this conversation. I think I can make it. Because <laughs> <laughs> hey, why? Because you watch the evil Knievel not make it. Like, no, no, I could jump these five cars. No, really. I mean, they're little cars, but you know, <laughs> like, they're on the ground. I could, I could jump over these five Hot Wheels. That's how it always starts. <laughs> Dude, I bet you can't jump off these steps. Oh, I bet you I can. All right, how much? You'll bet you a dollar. And they can just oh, jump off the five steps from the top of the rail. Like, oh, I made it. Woo-woo. <laughs> oh, my ankle. Ah, <laughs> uh, memories. Yeah. Before the internet. That's right. That's true. Because <laughs> like you said, you won't see any of this footage really on the internet. Well, you cut now. I'm sure it's on YouTube. Or- yeah, I'm sure there's like, I'd probably, if I type in Evil Knievel right now, I'd be like a lot of stunts going completely wrong. Like, I vividly remember him jumping the buses. Him landing wrong, and him like the motorcycle going one way, him going the other, and him rolling and sliding. That was across. in England, yeah. That was that was the second to last jump that he did, and then he came back to America to do it, and and he successfully did it that way right. because he wanted to complete the last <laughs> jump to be successful because he was successful in some of his jobs. Sure. To say, like, I mean, it wasn't like he just. I mean, look, getting that far, I consider it success. He, he didn't stick to landing most of the time, yeah. but. I mean, I think the problem was he's so he's so used to driving on the right side of the lane. That's probably why I didn't make it. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> that's terrible. 
now today it's all science. I mean, that, that wasn't science back then, but I think now producing a stunt today, there's more you can well, you can you can uh, like knock out all the kinks in computers. Well, it's also too the fact is that that at the time when he did it. They were that motorcycle wasn't built for jumping. Right. It was a heavy Harley Davidson motorcycle that he rode. Yeah. That he did the stunts with. Now they like they they even said in in, in the documentary that they built bikes specifically for jumping. Like that's what they're made for to do. So for them to do it, it's at ease. It's a lot easier right. than when he did it because it's like it wasn't really meant for that. Give him a fat Harley. Let him try it that way. Actually, somebody did because uh, yeah. yeah, people you know yeah. were, were were trying to do it and then. Like towards the, I think eighties, his son was trying to. I remember his his son doing Robbie, the jump yeah. out front of Bobby Knievel. Yes, yes. I think he did do the fountain in, in Vegas. Yes, he did. I, he he. I remember seeing that. I remember there was a whole like he was going to do it live, and then they would talk about him and his career and his father and his dad. You know, like I remember, I remember watching the jump and him making it easily. And yeah. I was like, oh. I was kind of hoping for a crash. Like, <laughs> if you're going to be like your father, commit. You know? <laughs> 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 good times in the 70s. You know? <laughs> She's like, I don't know. Lord, I know. 90s. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Did you do anything else? Um... That's pretty much it. I mean, you know, there's nothing right. else really too exciting. I mean, I, I did pick up my copy of Lego Batman for $10 last night, so I was like, woo, yeah. But other than that, that's pretty much it. That was so. your big excitement? Yeah. Well, Thursday, we did see a movie. We watched the movie finally. Yes. Go, go, Power Rangers. <laughs> so, now, I was never, well, sorry, I was never really a huge Power Ranger fan. Mm-hmm. Never got into it. I remember seeing the very first movie with Amy Jo Johnson and yeah. Peter David Frank or Frank Jason Peter, David Frank Jason or David or Frank or David David Jason Frank. You know, oh, yeah. Do you remember what his full name is? Nope. Nope. You're Green Ranger. Um. So, I was excited to go in because I'm like, all right, you know, I've never really seen it. It looked interesting. It looked kind of fun. You were a fan though, Ed, weren't you? I wasn't really a fan. I at the time when Power Rangers came out, I was dating a girl who had three boys, and they were into Power Rangers. And then when I met my wife. My my nephew was in the Power Rangers, so I always had like a kid connection to it. So that's why I was somewhat of a fan of watch because I would want to talk about to these kids about something. So Power Rangers was the kind of like the bonding right. that I was doing with them. So that's why I watched the show. But it was the same thing week after week. There was always a, the you know something the Rita Repulsa would do send a, a creature down right. with his putties. They would fight. They would beat the creature, but then he, they would throw. She would throw a like a, a magic spell on him or something like that, or some device, and it would grow like ten stories <laughs> tall. So then now it's now it's becomes let's let's uh, get our zords, create the the monster, use the sword, cut him in half, basically, or stab him, whatever right. it was. Oh, and it was the over. same thing mm-hmm. week after week. It was the same thing over and over again. <laughs> Guys are one trick pony. <laughs> But the kids were fascinated with and it. it sure. worked for a long time. Yeah. Sure. One trick pony worked his ass off. Like. And it is uh, Jason David Frank, by the way. I was looking it up. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, now, I enjoyed the movie. I thought it was fun. I, I, like I said, not having a lot of knowledge based on the Power Rangers, I was able to kind of thoroughly enjoy it okay. uh, for what it was. Mm-hmm. You know, a reboot or like, a, hey, let's try it this way this time. Um, I thought the I thought the acting got a little hammy sometimes, <laughs> okay. um, but I mean it's it's 
you know, expected. I w- okay, now I'm going to say is the fight scenes. When they finally did get into a fight, because <laughs> there was a lot of buildup, and then when they finally did start throwing punches, I, I was hoping for a little bit more rough and tumble, mm-hmm. not a little less obvious wire work. But then I also realized, too, that that's kind of what the show is based on, so you kind of have to go with it. Yeah. I mean, but overall, I thought it was enjoyable. I, 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 I'm I not um, like, oh, that's not my... Because I didn't have it really as a kid, so I enjoyed it. Okay. What did you think? You know, I have mixed emotions. I do enjoy it. I'm not saying I didn't enjoy it. I mean, it was it was it was an okay movie, but there was there was like a lot of back and forth I had to do with it because it's like like you said, like I had somewhat of a history with watching Power Rangers, so I knew right. the characters back then and knowing the stories and what happened and the relationships and all that kind of stuff. So it was like, well, it's not even close to that. So if you're expecting like to see like you know your old Power Rangers, forget that. You know, right. just go. Be- this ain't your mama's Power Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> But then also too, like going back as a movie standpoint, like the, the like to me it was like it was like forced very quickly. Like it was it was like it should have been a little bit longer, and they should have maybe fleshed out characters a little bit more, and you know because it's just like there was it was just like bam, you know like action like straight out through, and then it was like kind of trying to have to bond this these five strangers together. It did seem to keep kind of like, okay. We need to bond together. Um, well, we don't know how. We don't know. How. Oh, now we're bonded. Yeah, it, well, yeah I get you. I see what you're saying. So it's it wasn't like a. I don't think it was a well written script. You know, type of right. thing. But I mean, that's more of like a movie problem, not not a Power, Power Ranger Rangers problem, problem. You know, because I've seen that before in other movies where sure. it's just like there's just they want to put a lot of action into it. They want to give you the wow factor, but they don't right. want to give you a good story. And that's kind of like the whole idea of that to me. But uh, thank. Now I know out of right. the three of us. Right. There's probably uh, one here that's that... why I was waiting for her to do her last. Uh, like get her get, now she My nineties ass totally loved the Power Rangers. All right. Kimberly was my idol growing up. My very first doll I ever had was a Kimberly doll. Okay. So I have been trying to fight watching Power Rangers <laughs> because I just don't want it to I I didn't want it to mess with the love a nostalgia that I had for the Power Rangers. Mm-hmm. You know, like, okay. I don't know if I could ever go back and watch, you know, like their, my, the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers TV show. I don't know if I could do that. But I have, like, really good memories with it, so I didn't want to, like, fuck that up, you mm-hmm. know? And the way that I hear y'all talking about, like, the way the Transformers kind of fucked y'all up a little right. bit. I'm like, no, I just need that to not happen to me, you know? <laughs> so I've been avoiding it. Like See, this, the this, play. This is the part I'm really enjoying because it's like somebody <laughs> else's childhood got ruined. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was going to. Oh, okay. So, oh. Sean, it's not that it ruined it, but it didn't like do it justice either. Okay. You know, like I didn't hate it completely, but I'm not like, oh my God, I can't, you know, I'm not like back into the Power Rangers, mm-hmm. you know? Because if you go into like Spencer's or Hot Topic or like Think Geek, there's like a bunch of Power Rangers stuff that all came back into style. Right. Even for kids yeah. and for adults who are like my age that grew up in the 90s that can be able to rock, to wear like the green Power Ranger t-shirt, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Or have like the cool Power Ranger gloves or, or whatever the case may be, <laughs> right. you know, um, which aren't really cool at all. They look super fucking not cool, but <laughs> I had a word I was going to almost let slip and I didn't. That used to be really proud of me. <laughs> Um, but the movie, there was a couple, I didn't like how they came together as mm-hmm. the Power Rangers. Um, about halfway through, we went outside and had a smoke. I don't know, I'm talking about halfway, three quarters of the way maybe. Yeah. And I had to look some stuff up because it had been so long since I seen 
what I know is like my Power Rangers. Mm-hmm. After the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, I didn't watch the rest of them that came. Like there was like a Ninja one, and there was like a Dinosaur one, Ninja Storm, and yeah. the Turbo, yeah. and the Zion. right. There was like yeah. a bunch of them that followed that. Right. By that point, I was already like too old. It wasn't cool to like the Power Rangers anymore. You know what I mean? <laughs> like if you went to school and talked about the Power Rangers, you got picked on. So right. there was like only a few years that it was like my shit and it was okay for it to be your shit. Right. And then if you went to like, you were like fifth or sixth grade and you talked about Power Rangers, you were a loser. You're like, nobody watched the Power Rangers anymore. Or they didn't talk about watching it. I'm sure everybody went home and watched it after school. They didn't talk about it because it wasn't <laughs> cool, you know? Right. Um, so I had to like go back and look up some stuff to make sure that I was remembering things the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that they got together as soon as I seen it, I was like, I don't think that's how that happened. You know, <laughs> um, in the movie, it was like, um, Walter White or sorry, <laughs> Brian Cranston. <laughs> <laughs> He's Walter White to me. Okay. Um, he basically puts these five, they called them coins. It was more, more like stones to me, but that's just wording. He puts them in the ground and he's like, seek out whoever is worthy mm-hmm. basically to be like the new power Rangers. And then they kind of, like, go and find these stones in, like, this glass mountain, I guess. Right. A crystallized mountain, but yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, I don't think that's how that happened. But maybe I'm wrong. So I actually had to look it up, like, Mm. on that little break that we took. Yeah. And it wasn't how it happened. Alpha 5 actually got to pick who was going to be the next Power Rangers in the TV show. And I knew that felt funny for me, you know? Mm. Um, So, like, that was a little weird. And then, like, to me, the characters didn't have the personalities that I remembered them having. Okay. Um, like Trini, who is the yellow power ranger. Mm. She was like, kind of, um, what's the word for it? Like, like, like emo rebel standoffish. You know, like she was the one that didn't all the, the four of them, Zach and Bobby and Jason and Kimberly Mm. were all like bonding kind of cool, but she was still kind of like off to the side. Like didn't want to be a part of like the cool kids club kind of thing is what it felt like. Mm. And I didn't remember her being like that, Mm. even like personality wise. Um, I don't really remember Bobby being as funny as he was. It's blue (laughs) Ranger, but he was hysterical the whole movie. Like he was probably my favorite person in the whole entire movie because he was just genuinely funny to me. Mm. Um, Zach, who is the, Zach? Wasn't it Zach? The Asian kid? Yeah. Yeah, He's the Black Ranger. Yeah, I think so. The Black Ranger, he he wasn't like that much of importance to me. Like, I feel like if you took him out and there was just like the four Rangers, Mm. it still would have been okay. Um, (laughs) You know, like he just wasn't that important to me. You know, I'm going to be honest. I forgot there was five Rangers. I always thought there was four. Really? Yeah, like when I'm watching, I like the crazy one, well, the crazy loner chick who was wanting to be in the Yellow Ranger. Trini. Trini, yeah. I was like, Oh, okay. Like, there is five. I completely, like... There was always two girls. Okay. The Yellow Ranger and the Pink Ranger. All right. Um, And then there's the Red, Blue, and Black Ranger. Right. And then later on, Green Ranger comes in, who turns into White Ranger. Right. Which right, we, right. Talked we, we talked about. We talked about that off the air, because um, I, I, no, I had to get schooled <laughs> on proper Power Rangers etiquette. Overall, it was a good movie. I liked, like, the super cheesiness of the fighting. You know what I mean? Like, if they were right. really cool, badass fighters, I'd be like, nah, they're, they're supposed to be, like, kind of cheesy <laughs> and, like, pow, jump over explosion. You know what I mean? Like, it's supposed to be, like, over the top. Right. So I liked that. I was like, okay, I like that they didn't try to make it, like, too professional fighting. Too I mean, these are, like, high school kids. Right. You know what I mean? Like, they, who okay. don't know how to fight. Right. <laughs> they're not going to be like that. <laughs> but they trained. 
for like what eleven days? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was eleven days. Yeah, you're right. And well. they didn't even really start getting their asses handed them till like day five. Right. So that's like what six days worth of training. I mean, I'm just saying. Right. Right. <laughs> like, right. Right. You know, um, their zods. What are the zords? Zords. Zords. Sorry, I'm thinking it. Zods. Zods. <laughs> Did you have to kneel before him? <laughs> um, their zords were really cool, and I was trying to make sure that each ranger was with their correct zord. You know, like, if Kimberly wasn't in the pterodactyl, pterodactyl, I was going to have a fucking problem. Like, no, bitch. I remember which one she had. You know what I mean? Like, no. But they were in the right one, so I was like, okay, cool. And then there was a moment at the end where I actually had to lean over to Sean and be like, did he tell them that they could morph their zords together? Because I think they're going to do it, but I don't think they know that they can do that. So if they just do it, I'm like, bitch, how'd you know that? You're like, you just knew that? <laughs> yeah. You know, they never even drove them before the big final fight. Right. So, like, how would you have known that? And they kind of, like, accidentally stumbled on the fact that they can morph, morph them together. together. Yeah. They, like, fell down a hole, and the hole, like, melted them together. Well, you know, <laughs> that's the thing. I think I think it's, it's kind of a leap. Yeah. But, yeah. but see, see if you can follow me on this leap, uh, okay? Right. I like leaps. When they, when they were getting in their Zords, there was a thing that stuck in their back. Yes. Kind of thing. And I'm thinking maybe it became – because they almost became one with the Zord. Because yeah. every time they got – they would get they get knocked down. They would get hurt. I'm thinking, well, you know, if you got rumbled around, I'm sure you got hurt. But, I mean, maybe he had a connection to the Zord. Right. Like a psychic connection. Psychic connection. So that way they probably maybe knew. like Because no, they, they knew how to shoot the weapons. Yeah. Was like like you said, they, there was no training in these yeah. things at all. Like none. <laughs> Zach <laughs> took one out during the movie as a comedy kind of relief. Right. Like, completely fucked it up. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, like Alpha 5 is like, uses that as motivation. Like, hey, if you guys know how to – when you guys can morph, these things are yours. How awesome is that, right? Yeah. But never once says, by the way, not only are they yours, but if you, you stick them together, you stick them together. <laughs> right. They're like Lego pieces, and you make one big zoid. It's awesome. So train nothing. Just like this will be yours. It's motivation, and Zach hot, you know, hot wires his and takes it for a spin. No, I mean it definitely did seem like that little thing that connected, <coughs> like it almost connected to their nervous system, mm-hmm. right? Because it was like how they moved is yeah. how it moved. Yeah. You know, like there's a point where the, both the girls get to like bitch slap somebody, and then Bobby, who is one of the leg, the Blue Ranger, right. is like, "Oh, I wish I I could have arms," and then he like hauls back and does like this ninja kick, police right. kick the door in kind right. of thing, <laughs> and all of a sudden he feels gratified. <laughs> He's like, oh, "Okay, cool, I can't hit." But I can do like this badass kick move, you know. <laughs> so in my head, I'm like, oh, they're in these little pods, and they just like kick. <laughs> like, <laughs> like just kicking a little pod, and all of a sudden, your leg that you're controlling is kicking too. I mean, that's cool. I mean, I guess. I mean, I can play with. I can, I can follow that rationale. Yeah. Like I'm like, it's yeah, not, so it's not I. a huge leap. I'm like, all right, you know what? You're right. I do remember things mm-hmm. very Matrix like stick them in the back, mm-hmm. suck them back to right. the seat. <laughs> yeah. Right. So I mean, I, I get it. And then the experience of like, oh look, your giant robot got punched in the face. Ow! And you go, ow. Yeah. I guess there is some sort of psychic link that. Right. You know, I'm like, all right. Like I said, I enjoyed it. I mean, I thought, I thought Brian Cranston being, you know, uh, what's his face? Uh, Zordon. 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 It was a little bit of a stretch. I mean, you got the. I mean, there's a moment where. Zordon is motivated to get these kids to more for a specific reason without spoiling the movie. Mm. You know, and then when that I think you can spoil it. Okay. Well, I, it's I, I right, right, it's yeah. been out for a couple weeks. <laughs> right. I've already dropped some bombs. So right. So <laughs> <laughs> the reason why Zordon wants these guys to morph is because the special power of the ship that's, that they're on can bring back a 
Power Ranger back from the dead. And yeah. he was the Red Ranger of his he, time. He was the Red Ranger of his time. So he was basically trying to get these kids to morph so he can get sucked out to be able to stop Rita Repulsa. Yeah. Now, so there's a moment where, spoiler alert, the Blue Ranger passed, he, he gets killed. Yeah. And they take him back and, you know, they do the, it's, it's the standard, oh, I would give my life for this person if I could, even though we've really only met like a week ago. You know, <laughs> two weeks ago, two weeks ago, technically. And uh, I, this is a shame. And they're like, I would give them my there was this bonding moment of how they'd, they they would gladly take the Blue Ranger spot in 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 this death. Mm. So all of a sudden, you know, the ship comes like, oh, they just bonded all together. So let's, you know, let's start up. And Alpha Five's like, Zordon, here's your moment. Here's your moment. And, and Cranston does this, like, this, this, this <laughs> cry of frustration. And I'm like. Oh, he's not gonna go. He's gonna bring back the Blue Ranger. Like, all right. Like, I knew, like, I knew that was gonna happen. But it was this overacting of, ah, you know, like he was so frustrated, and then it goes dead. And they're like, well, where is he? Did he go in? And I, I fully expected the Blue Ranger just to pop up and to be like, and then Zordon showed up. Zordon showed up, and he's like, there's only room for one Red Ranger, and you're the Red Ranger. Like, I'm like, does it really work that way? Like, if the machine's just bringing back somebody. Does it have to be the Red Ranger? Like, well he, well, he was the only one left. Right. Zordon was the only one left of his Ranger group. Okay. So that's why he's the only one who could have gotten brought back. Now, I'm assuming if, like, the Black Ranger from Zordon's time would have been the only one left, they'd have been bringing back a Black Ranger. All right, I you guess. Know, but he was the Red Ranger, so he's the one that got brought back. Or would have. All right. One of, the, one of the major gripes they do have about the movies, the fact is, is that Bill Hader played the voice of Alpha 5. Right. I don't think he's a good enough voice actor to do that. Like kind of thing because he he didn't he didn't mask he, his voice in any way. It's Bill Hader. You know it's right. Bill Hader. You can hear it. I knew it was Bill Hader before the screen came up and told me who it was. Bill Hader was in this movie, <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? It's Cloudy with the Chance of Meatballs. <laughs> he plays the scientist in that. I forget I the love science. Those movies, both of them, one and two. Well, no, I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with those movies, but. <laughs> Like he didn't mask his voice. Right. Like he didn't make a computer. Like because I know he does. He does uh, BB-8 uh, in um, him and another another comedian do BB-8 in the Star Wars movies. Really? Yes. I did not know that. Oh, well, now you know. I guess I should watch the special features. There you go. <laughs> but anyway, so I, to me, it was like listening to his voice at this uh, coming out of this robot. You're like, yeah, I don't it'd be like me that. doing the robot, thing, exactly. Except not changing my voice at all. Right. Hey, Zordon, what are you doing? <laughs> like they're. I, hey look if you guys work really really hard these zords they're yours <laughs> end scene thank you perfect <laughs> are you gonna do a voice no 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 my voice is perfectly fine the way it is i will not do the robot voice because that is the best i can do and <laughs> <laughs> i just changed it up because it was like his, his the way he speaks it's very low tone like right. mono in a little way so it's not really that exciting, you know. It's like it's just it's very dry, and it's just like you couldn't have done something better. Like <laughs> I think that was that was what you were working with. That was what Tenshin was going you for. You know, you got a Walter White playing a, a wall, you know, <laughs> and and he's giving it his all, you know, and then too much. He's giving it too much. <laughs> and then you got Rita Repulsa by played by um, God, you know, I can't think of her name. It always kills me. It kills me, I tell you. Uh, Power Rangers. <laughs> Let's see. It is, she is played by 
Elizabeth Banks. Yeah. You know, I was kind of surprised by her because I like her in her comedy roles. Like, she's per- perfect in Pitch Perfect. I think she's very <laughs> funny. And she directed those movies. So I'm like, all right, to see her as kind of like go full bad guy, I mean, she was kind of hamming it up a little bit too, but I think that role requires you to ham it up. Yeah. Like, you're supposed to be the over-the-top bad guy, especially if you're... If you're using the television show as as a, are, they expect, uh, are they expecting Shakespeare? It's no, Power no, it's Power Rangers. <laughs> I mean, I I know like having seen the TV show every once in a while and the first movie, yeah, the roles tend to lean more towards the overacting. Yeah, you know, like I'll get you, Power Rangers. Ah! Yeah, it's supposed to be like right. That. So like I'm like okay when she's hamming it up, I'm like, all right, she's chewing the scenery, but you know, it's, it's supposed to be like I was okay, and when you know. Brian Cranston did his, ah, I was like, all right, he's <laughs> hamming it up. But go ahead. You know, like, it's like you got the two heavy hitters. Sure, go ahead. Have fun with it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I obviously, I think there'll be a sequel. Yeah. I can't see why there wouldn't be. There has to be. Yeah. They I mean, even, spoiler, at the end, they even introduced Tommy Oliver, who is the Green Ranger. Right. Um, well, they didn't introduce, introduce him. They're in, like, Saturday Detention, and that felt really, really Breakfast Clubby. Yes. You know, like, super Breakfast Clubby. Um, And so, like, they go, after, like, everything happens, they're all, like, in Saturday detention now. And then the the teacher who is, like, um, I guess, like, watching on Saturdays, like, whoever has Saturday detention duty right. that week, you know, it's like, oh, we have a new person in detention. It's Tommy Oliver. Right. And they cut to, like, his desk, and there's, like, a green jacket hanging there, but he's not there. So I'm like, oh, okay, well, the, the Green Ranger's coming. He, he has to. Right. All right, sure. All right. Good for them. Yeah. Good for them. Now, will I go to the theater to see Power Rangers 2? No. No. No, I can no. wait for video. It'll be, a, it'll be a, a video series that I'll buy when it comes out because I'm not rushing. Like, oh, look, go, go, Power Rangers. Put down my popcorn. Oh, look at that punch. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just not doing it. I'll wait. <laughs> well, so... Stacy and I did go to the movies this weekend. Yes. We saw a movie. Wow. I'm curious to see where it hit on the top five. Well, the top so. five movies. Here we go, kids. Number five movie was number three of the last week, Spider-Man Homecoming. It made $13.45 million over the weekend and 278.3 overall in the four weeks release with a $175 million budget. So there you go. All right. All right. Good for Spider-Man. Number four was a new release, Atomic Blonde. It made $18.5 million over the weekend. And that's it with a total gross with a $30 million budget. So eh, it could do next weekend. Could, you know, uh, how much would it make this weekend? 18.55. And it made and cost $30 million to 30, make? Yeah. All right. Yeah, I can see it. Or definitely foreign market. Yeah. DVD, Blu-ray sales. It'll make yeah. its money yeah. back. Um, all right. So uh, do you want to finish off and then we'll go do our review? Or do you want to review? Oh, number, that, was the, that was the movie? That was we saw a ton of blind today. Yes. All right. We saw Atomic Blonde. All right, let's just go through the movies real quick, right. and then uh, we'll go through review. Number three was the number two movie of last week, Girls Trip. It made $20 million over the weekend and 65.5 overall in the two weeks of release with a $19 million budget. So, All right. Girls Trip 2, Electric Boogaloo, coming to you soon. Yeah. Number two was a new release, The Emoji Movie. It made $25.6 million over the weekend. That sits with a total <laughs> gross with a $50 million budget. So it made half. All right. Wait just a second. Oh, okay, yeah. Before you go any further, I actually want to see this movie really, really badly. Yeah. Right. So the other day, Sean tells me he's like, "Stacy, it looks like your emoji movie's like not doing too good." And I'm like, "Oh no, why not?" And he's like, "Well, there's like 17 reviews on it, and it has like a zero percent or something like that on <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes, and totally just like crushed my dreams of this being a good movie." Yeah. Right. 
I was a little sad. I, well, I also did throw in. Don't listen to the critics. I'm just saying, like, it's, I'm not saying you purposely did it. I'm right. saying you did it you know, like, <laughs> accidentally. He all was right. just like letting me know. Right. But I was very excited for this movie. Like, I truly want to see it. So the fact that it got number two, okay, so it only made like what half on the opening weekend. Yeah. That still is, for a movie. Yeah, you, that's relevant to me. But the fact that it's number two spot. On the top five brings me a little, a little bit more hope that this might be a good movie. Yeah, because I mean, the number one movie only beat it by two and a half million dollars more. So it, uh, the number one movie was the number one movie still, Dunkirk. It made twenty eight point one million over the weekend and one hundred and two point eight overall in the two weeks of release with a hundred million dollar budget. So now let's start profits. I feel like I didn't have to watch it. <laughs> like, Dunkirk. Yeah, like uh, you know what I can I can. Everyone I know, I'm surprised. I am be honest with you. I'm, I am surprised yeah. that this movie is still number one. First, it was number one last week. That really blew my mind. Right, yeah. and then yeah, it's still number one this week. I, I think I think whoever makes it is make is kind of happy. I mean, well, first again, it's got Christopher Nolan wrote and directed, so mm-hmm. it already has a star power behind it. Um, like from whatever like people I know that have seen it. Loved it. They said it was a great movie. I like. I'm not really a World War II kind of guy, right. like movie wise. Um, I mean, I like my Saving Private Ryan's and my Schindler's List, but I mean, I'm not really going on like. I'm not. Like I said, we talked about it last week. I thought that movie was gonna be like three and a half, four hours long, easily. Yeah. To have to know that it comes in under two hours, I'm like, well, I might, I might have to go and see that now <laughs> because I don't feel like I'm, I'm wasting a day. <laughs> so, um. And I think I saw an article where there was a guy f- that actually survived the, you know, the Dunkirk incident. I mm. guess you might want to call it, or or whatever you want to call battle. it, the battle. The battle. And he was like, the fucking guy did a great job because he didn't he didn't leave with like you know flashbacks, but he was like, no, he that was that was pretty accurate. Like as far as the stories and the capel, how it felt at to be, to be a, a soldier on at that time mm. with that incident. He's like, it was, it was pretty accurate. And I was like, wow. Like, ugh. I feel like I'm kind of have to. I, I also feel like I'm like, well, I guess I should have to see it. Yeah, like, now I feel like I got to watch it. What's know? all the hype about? Yeah, really? <laughs> I mean, like, I'm not rushing out to go see Interstellar because I don't have an afternoon to kill. You know? <laughs> <clears throat> um, all right. Well, good for good for Dunkirk again. All right. So uh, before we get to review to talk long, I'm going to talk about one of the uh, trailers we saw. Okay. We saw the trailer for Churchill. Gary Oldman as yes. Winston Churchill. Churchill. Yeah. yeah. Did you see that trailer? Yes, I have. Hey, that looks actually goddamn really good. Speaking of a World War II movie, <laughs> I mean, when when it started, I was like, "Oh, it's Gary Oldman." I'm like, he looks nothing like Gary Oldman. I mean, you see, Gary Oldman is that actor that he's can, a chameleon. He's a chameleon. He can play anybody because that's like I've I've talked about Gary Oldman in the past and told what movies he was in when he started, and people are they're dumbfounded. Right. Like, no, that's not Gary. I mean, it is. It's like you know what he did. Uh, 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 what's that punk rocker? Uh, Sid Vicious. Tip, Sid Vicious. Sid and Nancy. Sid and Nancy. It's like it doesn't look like him, right? You know? And then what do you call him? True Romance, where he plays a Jamaican drug dealer. That's right. I'm like, that's Gary Oldman with the dead eye. I'm like, holy crap! And he's in it for like ten minutes, maybe max. Yeah. Everybody steals the movie for me. I'm like, that. What a, what a performance! So to see him as Churchill, I'm going, oh my god, you can't even recognize him. Mm-hmm. And he, it, the trailer looks so good. And uh, Stacy leans over. She's like, "Is that Commissioner Gordon?" I was like, "Yeah, it's Commissioner Gordon." Well, we were watching. I guess I was like watching Hannibal or something on TV one day. Right. I was like, you know, clicking through, and I seen Hannibal. I'm like, "Oh, okay, the movie, I love this. Hannibal, yeah, not yeah. the television show." 
And actually, I'm like, oh, okay, I love this. And I'm watching it, and he's like, hey, did you know that that's Commissioner Gordon? You know, like the, uh, what's his name? He's all, like, burned up in the bed. He's, like, yeah, a billionaire, the, the survivor guy. Who, guy. Yeah, the guy who yeah. was half-eaten yeah. by his hogs, yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, no, it's not. And he's like, yes, it is, Stacey. That's Gary Oldman. That's Commissioner Gordon. I'm like, no, I'm not buying I looked it up because I didn't believe him. I'm like, there's no fucking way. <laughs> and then I seen it, and so, like, that moment for me was the, no, uh, not him. <laughs> you know, it's, it's in Hannibal. I'm like, what? And of course, we don't call him Gary Oldman. We call him Commissioner Gordon. I, to me, he'll be Dracula. Yeah, Dracula. The bad the guy one, in the yeah. fifth element. You yep. Know. <clears throat> the professional. Kill everyone. Every- everyone! <laughs> That's my favorite line. <laughs> Talk about overacting. <laughs> but I'm looking at it, and she's like, you think I won an Oscar for that one, this one? And I'm like, you fucking damn well better, because it looks not. I mean, like. He really captures Winston Churchill. That makeup job is phenomenal. Well, because I had just seen um, Sean's sister had posted something with Gary Oldman, and it has, like, a bunch of clips of all these different roles he's played. Mm. And it's like, you know, now that Leo finally has one or whatever, next up is Gary Oldman. Yeah, you Gary Oldman I mean? deserves one way before And I did not know that he didn't have one. You know what I mean? I mean, half the time I don't even know his name. Call him Commissioner <laughs> Gordon, okay? Then I'll know who you're talking about. <laughs> I will um, just address him as Commissioner Gordon. Yes, and I'm, I'm like, oh, I know who that is. Um, y'all are distracting. <laughs> they're, they're waving uh, the scent of a Sean fart. And it's really hard to look at y'all when y'all are both. Sorry, doing, I, like, I had yogurt and watermelon before the show. Bird arms. <laughs> um, just breathe air. That's it. <laughs> but I looked over and I was like, do you think he's finally gonna get an Oscar for that one? And he's like, yeah, he's fucking better. And then I started to think about it. Okay, so he's playing like somebody, a really important somebody at that. And then it's coming out in November, which is like Oscar season, right? right? Like when mm-hmm. later on movies is what they take into consideration. And it's based on like true events with a really important time in history. I feel like the setup for him to be nominated for right. an Oscar is like perfect. Hey, it's a, it's a true life World War II story with a great actor who looks exactly like the character. All they need are Auschwitz children and just <laughs> hand, <laughs> hand them the Oscar. <laughs> I think he's, he's going to be passed over. You do? I'm not that I want him to because right. I really think he deserves an Oscar for all his performances. But I think that's like they like that's Hollywood just looks for the ridiculous and that's too mainstream for them. Yeah, maybe because it's like a lot of movies figure out most of the movies get nominated and actors get nominated. No one's ever heard of. Never heard of. You know, well, I you think. sent me that sent me that interesting video about how uh, how people win the Oscars. It's all about money, not about performance. Yes, I was like, I knew it. Bastards. <laughs> <laughs> True TTV has uh, it says Dave ru- ruins everything. I think it's Dave. I forget who it is. Somebody, somebody ruins something. It's Dave, everything. He explains like like uh, uh, wives' tales and like like the the history of it, where it comes <laughs> from, and all that kind of stuff. Does all this research and explains like why this is you know like like maybe why pot should, marijuana should be legal instead of illegal right. and, 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 or different things. Like, uh, I, I can't think of any off the top of my head, but every time I see, I always see a video of him come on. It's always interesting to watch because you always learn something and it's like, there's some truth behind this. I don't, I don't know how much, I know he does research and he figures right. things out. So I know he th- there's truth behind it. So I'm like, when I saw that one, I'm like, I got to share this to Sean. <laughs> me and I, me and have the, this long conversation about the Oscars and why people win. <laughs> Yeah, it's never about the actual performance. It's about what goes on behind the scenes. <laughs> All right, so we saw Atomic Blonde. Yes. Um, it's a mo- it's kind of a period movie because it's set in 1989. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, 
Charlize Theron plays an MI6 agent going to Berlin during the fall of the wall Mm -hmm. to get some information about all the spies during the Cold War that are, you know, it's, it's your... It's your standard spy trope. There's a list of all the secret agents out there and all their aliases. We need you to go get it. (laughs) Tom Cruise is too busy. Right. (laughs) He's he's fighting the mummy right now. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Angelina is busy doing something else. You know, because it definitely when we walked out, it felt like we should watch salt. Like, yeah, Yeah. it had that vibe. Um, I really enjoyed the movie. Like, I didn't really go in expecting like a lot. I expected a good movie and I was pleasantly i was pleasantly happy with what happened again. okay it didn't the music was great typical 80 late 80s music mm. like uh they're in berlin so of course there's a couple moments where 99 Luft balloons comes on mm. and i'm like oh, you need that you know <laughs> um the fighting was really good the style of the movie i would say visually is also really good because it, it really captured the style and look of the late 80s during that time mm. having you and i lived through it yeah during the whole wall, you know, tearing down the wall stuff, how styles looked between how punk rock looked and how you know mm-hmm. grunge, before even grunge looked, yeah. it was coming out. It was it was how the women looked, how the men dressed. Um, it was really it was entertaining. Like the, the music was as soon as um, I would say, like soundtrack definitely is might be like a, a, a must buy for me because being a product of of my teenage years was in the whole height of that mm-hmm. you know. Era, I'm like I. The only time I ever heard Cat People was in by David Bowie was in the movie Cat People. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> so they actually had that song in the opening credits, and I'm like, all right, I'm in. Like it's Bowie. It's it's they had uh, you know Depeche Mode and uh, you know George Michael, and I'm like, all right, you know, it's 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 pretty good, and the, the music was done tastefully and at the right moments. It was a lot of fun for me. I, I thought, um, it's I think directed by the guy who directed. Uh, the John Wick movies, so it kind of had that feel a little bit. Um, let's see, he's also a stunt coordinator. Okay, apparently, yeah. Um, looking here because I'm seeing stunts and there's like 82 credits to his name. Wow, for stunts. So uh, yeah, stunt coordinator, stunt actor. Uh, let's see, director, four credits. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, Atomic Blonde, Deadpool, No Good Deeds, a short, and John Wick uncredited, the first one. Okay. So, um, and he's also right now filming Deadpool, Deadpool 2. So, I'm like, all right. I like, I, I thought it was really good. I mean, mm. I can't, I would say if you, if you had nothing to do in an afternoon, go see it. It's it's a fun watch. James McAvoy was entertaining as always. There wasn't, I wouldn't say it was, you kind of see where some of the stuff's going. If you see enough movies, you go, all right, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. And even though it does happen, you're not surprised by anything. Yeah. You're more like, okay, I knew it, it was going to happen, but it still was fun to watch. Yeah. Now, what did you think there, sweetheart? Um, I liked it. I wasn't like mind blown by it, you know. <laughs> um, but I mean, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. The colors were gorgeous in it. Um, lots of like neon and color and yeah, that was I, the eighties, yeah. right? Well, I wasn't in a, a product of the eighties, right. so I was pleasantly surprised that I got to see that. Um, I mean, every time I turned over, Sean was like lip singing whatever song was on, <laughs> and I could like feel him like tapping his foot and like jamming out to it. And I'm like, all right, cool. Clearly, it fits, you know, because he doesn't do that with a whole lot of movies. Right. I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy, you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> the first one. Um, 
for me, because I'm not into like super like high action movies like that, I was so surprised because one of my biggest complaints about those movies is that they never run out of bullets. And it drives me nuts. (laughs) Absolutely drives me up the wall because I'm from, I grew up around guns my whole life. So I know which guns have which bullets, what clips have how many bullets in those clips. Like I know these things. So every time I see like a movie like that, I'm like, so, so they're just not going to, they're never going to reload and they're never going to run out of bullets. And it bothers me. But this movie, I was like counting all the shots they were making. And she actually ran out a couple times, you know, and had to like go get another gun or like throw the gun down and figure out what else she was going to do without a gun. Um, she kept checking like to make sure there was one in the chamber and like she'd pop the clip out and make sure like how many were in the clip. Like she was, it was obvious that she was keeping a tally of how many bullets that she had, right. which I liked because I'm like, oh, okay, someone's finally fucking paying attention to the fact that bullets, they're, they're not unlimited. <laughs> you <know what> I <laughs> mean? Run out at some point. So I really liked that. Um, it did feel very much like Salt. Like as soon as we walked out and I seen Sean, I was like, I felt like I just watched Salt. Now, I love that movie. Mm. So I wasn't upset that I watched it. But I mean, I guess, you know, how many different plots can you do with a, you know, a secret agent going to find some secret product? You know what right. I mean? Like, <laughs> how many different ways can you do that right. without it feeling like something you've already seen? Um, so I didn't mind that it felt like Salt at all. Um, I'm trying to think. I don't think I had, like, any real complaints about it, you know? Yeah. Um, for it to be like a period piece, I guess, is as what Sean called it. I mean, yeah, that's I definitely call. what it is. It you never felt like it took out of that. You know, like every mm. once in a while there'll be like a period piece movie and there'll be like somebody in the background walking the street that doesn't look like they belong in that period. Mm. Or you'll see like a car drive by that it kind of takes you out of that period a little yeah. bit. This didn't do that. It was like full on nineteen eighty nine the whole time. Yeah, it totally felt that way. Like there's... Yeah. Which that, was good. It, that was it was a good feeling to have. Like there was a scene, and visually that I felt was beautiful. There is a, a shot. She's in like a black and white striped sweater, and she's just she's doing something just plot driven. But she's just standing there. But right next to her is a lamp that's black and white with the same stripe pattern as her sweater, mm. and it almost looked like a carbon copy of each. It looks like that still alone was like that describes the 80s at that moment yeah. where it was like what you're wearing and the decor matched so perfectly <laughs> and it was just like i was like oh my god i like had flashbacks i was <laughs> like oh my god how many people do i know wore that sweater or a lamp would look like that that style yeah the kind of it's what people thought the future would look like yeah in the 80s where it was all streamlined and stylized and clean and then to have her in a background and where she was at, it was kind of like a dimly lit hotel. Yeah. But around her mirrors and stuff, it was like a, a pinkish mm-hmm. uh, neon mm-hmm. in contrast to kind of like the blueness of the of the mm-hmm. room. Yeah. It was like, I mean, Atomic Blind, you know, is, is, is how when you see the the ads and always look, the blonde's always in like a neon color. Yeah. That it it's totally sums up the feeling of the movie. It looked like neon pop, mm-hmm. like it was just that ne- Like remember, I forget the artist, but the 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 artist always drew these women. And they're always like in these hard angles and had like usually black hair. It's it's hard to describe on the radio. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about, but I can't think of the artist's name. <laughs> right, it was just very like pop art. The entire movie it was like 
like when you see the crowd, and even though in their Berlin, there's a guy with the traditional mohawk, shaved uh-huh. head, you know, foot high spikes. I'm going, that's eighties. Yeah, like you know, it was, you know, <laughs> that like, was it. Yeah, when they go into a club and it's just you know, you're hearing Depeche Mode, I'm like, yeah, that's it. The only time it threw me out of the movie is where I heard Manson, and I'm like, because Manson teamed up with another guy for a song, yeah. in a club, and I'm like. Hey, wait a second. That's the only, but I think they were doing a remake of a, an 80s song that kind of threw me out just for a brief moment because I was like, being a fan of Manson and I know what his voice sounds like. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, what? Like, you know, <laughs> but then a little later on, there's the German version of 99 Love Balloons. And I'm like, <laughs> or there's Depeche Mode and Bowie and, and uh, The Clash. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, you know, it's like, this is totally, I'm back. Like, yeah. It was, it was a really good movie. That's good. So, uh, now, we're talking about what's in theaters. What's coming out this week on Blu-ray and DVD? Ed? Segway. <laughs> it's a light week, I have to say that much. Uh, we have uh, The Circles coming out this week, the Tom Hanks, Emma Watson film. Uh, oh, okay. About this, uh, pretty much spying on everywhere. Uh, that's coming out this Tuesday. Uh, Shin Godzilla. Bless you. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's coming out this week as well. All right. Uh, Escape from New York is Steelbook versions coming out. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at it. I'm going. Oh, I kind of like that. Oh, there's they live. Oh. The Steel Book's also coming out, and the Fog Steel Book is also coming out as well. I, okay, well, look. I, I mean, I don't know if I can get a Steel Book version of They Live because, but maybe I should because I, my copy of They Live is signed by everybody but John Carpenter. I got Piper's autograph. I got a. Uh, oh my God! What the hell? I can't do this. Um, David Keith's autograph yeah. and uh, Meg, Meg Foster's autograph because they're all at the monster kind yeah. together. So I'm like, I don't know. I, I, that's a prized possession of mine. Yeah. I don't know if I can go with a clean steelbook version of it. It looks nice, but I don't know if I could do it, Ed. I don't know. <laughs> oh, it's a problem. I'll, 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 like, I, gotta, I know that I actually... The the steel book for Guardians of the Galaxy two I've seen yeah I need that one because it's it's Groot and a big red button and it says do not push and he's like ah, ah. And I'm like I kind of need that <laughs> <laughs> anyway so uh, and the fog well it's three John Carpenter movies so I'm just yeah. gonna get John Carpenter steel book set yeah all right I'll wait for They Live to come out steel book and all that mm. <laughs> all right what else you got. Uh, there's going to be, comes to the, this is kind of interesting. I saw this in, um, in Best Buy's website, so I thought I'd add it. Uh, Deadpool's coming out again. It includes a vinyl, so it's a different style of, uh, it's not oh, like okay. the standard case you get. It actually looks like a, a vinyl record and has the movie in it. That's and, cool. Yeah. They also have, uh, Logan is, uh, with the vinyl as well coming out at the same time. So. Oh, boy. And also Rise of the Planet of the Apes and Dawn of the Planet of the Apes all with the vinyl. Wow. So. Wow, laser just making a comeback next. <laughs> I still got mine laying around somewhere. <laughs> Anything else? Uh, the Secret World of Alex Mack, the complete series, is coming out on DVD this week. Ooh, I've never heard of that show. It's an old Nickelodeon show that people oh, liked. Oh, okay. That's probably why. She had powers. Nickelodeon. Hold on, give me a second. <laughs> old Nick, I don't, I don't anyway, know what that is. Yeah, well, What's the name of that show again? Secret World of Alex Mack. All right, let her look that up while you keep going. Uh, Brian Wilson, The Second Wave, After the Surf. It's a documentary on Brian Wilson, the uh, one of the Beach Boys from the uh, 60s. All right. 
And that is all I have for video and DVDs coming out this week. Uh, uh, is there any honorable mentions you'd like to add? That uh, I mean, okay, there's one. Um, it looks like it's a cop and a half okay. new recruit. It's Lou Diamond Phillips. <laughs> like, Lou, really? <laughs> Come on. He hasn't been in a movie in a long time. I think they, he needs the money. I, yeah, but uh, uh, I don't know. I'm all like, ugh. Yeah, I got nothing outside of that. All right. Stacey, you uh, have... Yeah, um, I looked it up. Yeah. I recognized the girl um, who played Alex Mack. This was 1990... Season 4 was in 97. <laughs> okay. So there's a part of me that like really feels like I should know what this is. <laughs> <laughs> um, Larissa... Oh, I'm going to butcher this last name. <laughs> Old Nick... All right. O L E Y N I K. Sure. Plays Alex Mack. Uh huh. Um, and I recognize her face as a child, but I don't know if I ever actually watched it. But basically, it says, after getting splashed with an experimental chemical, junior high school student Alexandra Mack finds that she has uncanny new powers, such as the ability ability to shoot electricity from her fingertips. All I seen as I read that is who's the dude from Star Wars? Help me out here. Emperor Palpatine. Yes. Yes. That shoots. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the lightning from his fingertips. So I see this cute little girl with like cute little '90s haircut, and all I can think is Emperor Palpatine. You know what I mean? I didn't even finish reading. Like, what is this about? Because it cut me. Off. I don't think I ever seen this show. All right. Well, now you get a chance. I, I um, I'm sorry. Um, well, off the side of my eye, there's Sharknado is hitting sci-fi on August sixth. And it's saying, you know, let's unite. What unites the world? And it's the sharks. But it's, it's the tagline to make America bait again. <laughs> and I saw a little kid with a shark helmet. And as a shark's flying through, he bends down so the shark gets impaled in the shark fan. I was like, oh, this is going to be awesomely bad. It's, I love these shows. I love Sharknado. <laughs> anyway. All right, so what else you got there coming out in video games? Video games, we have two of them. Uh, Shadow Tactics Blades of the Shogun by Calypso Media for the PS4, and that's a Tuesday release. All right. And Avon Colony by Team 17 for the PS4 and Xbox One, that's a Tuesday release. Yeah, I I got nothing on it. Okay, (laughs) there you go. All right, well, uh, there you have it. When we come back, I guess I'll uh, bring what I brought to the show. Ah. Uh Uh-huh. I... It was kind of a hard. It was a hard news week. It was. It was. I'm, so I'm, I'm glad I didn't have to do this week. So because I do, I do one of the weeks I don't do the news. Right. I tend to look <laughs> just to see. Not to not to think what what you're gonna bring. He's like, oh, that bastard. <laughs> Hope he has a sucky week. Let's see what he brings now. <laughs> but it's like there there are there are times like this is like the the summer. You figure summer is gonna have like all this information. I think everybody's on vacation or it's just crappy articles that you're going to read about. And it's just like some like just like redundant things. That you're like, yeah, I know already. Or, yeah, it's not really new news. you know. But, right. So I like to see what you're going to bring. It's right. exciting. Um, I have some news, but I also have some like there's, I'm always a big fan of the hey list of like, yeah, I think one I brought was. 36 movie theater secrets they don't want to tell you. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So when we come back, uh, we'll, I'll bring my goofiness. All right. We're right back, folks. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody. <laughs> All right. I just had a, a job. I'll wait for the second half when we talk about it. <laughs> um, well, there you have it, folks. There's part one. Um, 
Hope you enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. If you did and you want to catch the show live, uh, you can on Sunday nights starting around 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on AquanetRadio.com, iTunes Radio, and TuneIn. Just search on Aquanet Radio on those apps. And don't forget to go to our Facebook page, Geeksters, and give us a like. Follow us on Twitter at Geeksters. And as always, if there's anything you want to discuss uh, with Ed about the show, something you may want to see, hear, how you hear about us, how you heard about us, how you listen, where you listen, you can contact him at ed at wordswithgeeks.com. You can do that all with Sean as well at Sean at wordswithgeeks.com. And it's S-H-A-W-N. We'll see you in part two. That was wonderful. Bravo. I loved that. That was great. Well, it was pretty good. Well, it wasn't bad. Well, there were parts of it that weren't very good, It could have been a lot better. I didn't really like it. It was pretty terrible. It was bad. It was awful. I was terrible. Get him away. Hey, boo. Boo.